Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. Wee woo, wee woo. This is an emergency. This is an alert. We are reunited after a hiatus to talk about a very important, a very special, a really good episode, and that is Pedro Pascal and Coldplay on SNL. I'm back again with my friend, Hibba Murray. Hello, Hibba. Hey, Candice. Wow. Hibba, how does it feel to be back on the pod today? Honestly, when you texted me that we needed to have an emergency episode for Mr. Pedro Pascal, I was like, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I'm glad. I'm glad to be of service to our audience ship. Yes, I felt so strongly about this because, guys, I'm going to be really honest with you. And I'm going to start with a piece of history that I found in my notes app this week. Allegedly, on July 31st, 2022, I was getting ready to record an SNL host draft with Hibba. We ended up not doing that episode. However, I had three names. Those names were Elizabeth Olsen, still pulling four. Kiki Palmer happened. (laughs) And my last one, it was baby girl Pedro Pascal. And so... Not to be that girl, but I was that girl. And I love that you called him baby girl. <laughs> hell yeah. Anyway, so we convened today for an emergency episode because, as you can tell from my notes app, I have been waiting for this moment for so long. I love Pedro. I was so happy and proud of him both before and after. This episode was really good. Stay till the end for our amazing ranking of this episode. But first... What is your relationship to Pedro Pascal and how excited were you for this moment? Okay, yeah, this is a good question. Um, To be honest, I'm like a Pedro Pascal newbie relatively. So um, I am watching The Last of Us, which is his like apocalyptic show that's based on um, a video game. And when he first came on screen, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know him from that. I thought he was good in it. And otherwise, I don't really know too much about him. But he has a fond place in my heart. And after the SNL episode, um, that's even more true. What about you? You're in the Pedro Sans. Because right now, guys, we are living through this beautiful Pedro Pascal. It's not even a renaissance because this is like one of his peaks this is going to be one of the peaks of his career and I do want to hold a disclaimer here which is that my love for Pedro does run deep um I actually started learning Spanish on Duolingo because of Pedro Pascal (laughs) uh basically I started watching Narcos (laughs) and I was like really spending too much time reading the captions and so I felt like I wasn't looking at Pedro enough so I was like you know what I'm gonna learn Spanish so I can ignore the captions and spend more time focusing on Pedro and like if you're a BTS fan you know what that's like Korean Duolingo has been up because of ARMY and in a similar way Narcos is also the entry point for me because 
I'm like still really mad that Pedro didn't get Emmy nominated for that role. He that was such an Emmy show, right? Mm-hmm. Critical love for Narcos, based on a real person, so historical angle. It's giving war, it's giving guns, it's giving drugs, it's giving international locale. Like it bewilders me that he did not win for the Emmy. But let me tell you something. He is going to win for The Last of Us. I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. He's going to win for The Last of Us. And after this SNL episode, there were some people saying that Pedro could get nominated for another Emmy for guest appearance in a comedy series, which I think oh. is actually pretty, which is a good, strong, like, idea. It's a good, mm-hmm. strong prediction because I do think SNL will submit this episode for consideration. It was just firing on all cylinders. So what we're going to do today is we're actually going to go through every single sketch because I think we liked all of them and we'll tell you which ones we loved. But we're basically going to go through every sketch and we're going to say which ones were hot and which ones were not. Heba, are you ready? I feel like I couldn't be more ready. I've watched that episode a few times. Oh my god, I love that. Well, let's go girls. All right, number one. Cold Open. Now, Cold Open is the one where Bowen Yang plays a Chinese spy balloon. I think he was great. Mm-hmm. But let's start. On a count of three, Hiba, you're going to tell me if it was hot or not. Are you ready? One, two, three. Not. Not. Yeah. I Talk feel to me. like lukewarm about this one. I, I love anything that Bowen is in. Um, but I felt like the main joke was that he's... Chinese and he played the Chinese spy balloon and that was like funny but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like dimensional enough for like a seven minute long Mm -hmm. sketch for me a lot of people have been saying that this is a continuation in the series of Bowen playing inanimate objects the Titanic Titanic. we got oh by the way 25th anniversary lol uh Titanic we got Oompa Loompa blah 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 and he kind of plays them with this like sassier queer angle yeah my reasoning for not loving this as well is because sometimes I wonder if Bowen is comfortable with this burden that kind of lays on him, which is number one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like straight up as like an Asian American person in this country right now, it is a little triggering to see any headline with the words like Chinese mm-hmm. spy shot down. I don't love it. And so I just, think that they did the best they could you know celeste yim who by the way got promoted this week to writing supervisor we love celeste celeste wrote on this sketch and so we have a strong writer here we have bowen one of the strongest performers and one of the only voices for asian american representation on the show Mm -hmm. right now they did the best they could but that's okay because we're going to move on to something that I think I know the answer to, which is monologue Pedro Pascal. Heba, one, two, three. Hot. Uh, so. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Where do we even begin? I'm really proud of Pedro because if you watch the little, like, T-Mobile behind-the-scenes monologue GoPro cam footage that they do, they show, like, the host behind the stage door while the theme song plays And, like, you can see them getting either, like, excited or jittery or whatever. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. Pedro was nervous. Pedro was so nervous, Mm -hmm. shaking in his boots. There is a woman who pulls all the hosts from sketch to sketch. And she was with him. And she was, like, patting his back to the timing of the music to calm him down. I think everyone knew this was kind of a big deal. And, by the way, if I was standing in that position, I'd be throwing up. 
be throwing up. Yeah. And so I get it. Um, and also, I personally think he was a little nervous, too, during his monologues. It wasn't so much the stumbles. It was just like, even myself, when I speak up in meetings, I do get a shaky voice. It'd be like that. But content-wise, Hibba, what did you think? Yeah, I think from the monologue like from the very beginning he was very game and you knew that it was going to be a good episode because he came to the stage very humbly and very excited um i think that's like a kind of a common phenomenon for people who get famous as they get older right like he is 47 he he's had a whole acting career like he's been an actor for a while but only in the past few years has he really rose to like household recognition level fame and so um yeah, I think you can see all of that. And like, he was so down to like, make fun of himself to be in everything. He came with like a very happy disposition. And so from the very beginning, you could tell that like, he was gonna try his best. Um, And his best is pretty good, right? So um, and also, I liked that he wore this like, purple blouse thing. Oh. Like I thought it was very fun. <laughs> and um, a little bit festive. And um, like, love that he spoke Spanish. Like I feel like we're going to talk about the, like, Spanish sketches later, but I love when the hosts bring a little bit of their culture into it as well. Um, so it felt very him, I think, in a, in a very authentic way. That blouse. And we are going to touch upon the outfit changes, the rainbow outfit changes in this episode. It was giving shoulder. Ugh, so good. I agree with you, Hibba. The monologue was really good, really tight. I was a little surprised it was only, like, four minutes, mm-hmm. and... You know, the part that really broke me is the part where he talked about his parents and how they were brave for moving to the U.S. from Chile. Yeah. That stuff was so beautiful. And obviously, I love watching men cry. (laughs) Nick Jonas never did. And so I love watching men cry. So that was really sweet. And I really think he got us off to a great start. And now we move. To the big Hollywood quiz. First sketch of the night. All right. Hibba. One, two, three. Not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Hibba, you go first. No, you can take this one. I really no, no, didn't no. have that you much go to first. say. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll go first then. So the big Hollywood quiz is not surprising. It's a game show format. Bo and Yang playing the traditionally Bill Hader role, which I love, mm-hmm. by the way. I love that it's like Keenan and Bowen are usually playing the hosts of game shows now. That's awesome. Basically, this game show is Jeopardy style, and it is trying to point out the fact that people don't watch movies anymore. Yeah. People don't watch movies anymore. So it's about three people who, like, claim that they're movie aficionados, film bros, and then... But they don't know anything. Yeah, then they get asked about two Leslie, and they're like, to who? I feel like there was no elevation in the sketch. Like, they kept Mm. hitting the same point over and over I also feel like game show sketches are a little bit overdone with SNL. Um, So, yeah, I feel like my favorite ones are when they do, like, Black Jeopardy or, like, something that, like, you know is going to be, like, more, like, high stakes funny. But these kind of ones, it's, like, there's really only one point you can make and you can't make it funnier. So once you've hit that point, this is just a little boring, right? A hundred percent. And, like, I 1,000% think the... Uh, prompts they were putting up there were funny like all about Roar Nicole Kidman that stuff was funny and by the way I think Pedro and all of the 
actors and cast members did well they hit their timing yeah but you're totally right which is that like we didn't exactly know where we were going so we couldn't figure out what was actually funny where was the actual joke but that's okay because now we move on to a beautiful pre-tape there's one thing i want to note about pre-tapes right now in the economy of snl which is that in october of 2022 the editors of snl they unionize with the Motion Picture Editors Guild. And so these are the people who work on pre-tapes. They do VFX. They're working on crazy tight deadlines. And they are working overnight on stuff like HBO Mario Kart trailer or like Wing Pit, for example. According to Variety, NBC Universal and the editors of SNL have not been able to reach a fair contract or an agreement in January... The SNL post-production editors approved a strike authorization vote. This is about 12 to 20-ish people. And basically what happened is they sent their contract proposals to NBC in December. And SNL is actually really pro-union. As you could tell in The Good Nights, you know, Colin Jost, Bowen Yang, James Austin Johnson, they're wearing these big Contract Now shirts. And so the issue apparently is that NBC Universal is the one stalling the talks. And uh, going back to the strike, the issue is that if they don't come to an agreement, they are ready and prepared to strike. And this does impact, you know, post-production of pre-tapes. You know, this includes Please Don't Destroy sketches, music videos. They're coming for the fan cams, guys. And just to note, you know, SNL has a history of unionized labor. You know, a lot of the cast members are in SAG or the writers are in Writers Guild, which, by the way, another union that people are talking about strikes. That's a later conversation for later this year. Designers, crew, Yahtzee, like this is a union town. This is a union production. And it's just that this specific group of post-production editors, they're newly unionized. And they're having trouble landing on a contract agreement with NBC because they don't have the history of union talks with the other branches that SNL does. So just wanted to put that out there. You can definitely learn more about editorial union efforts. All right. So moving on to the next sketch, there's been some conversations about like, oh, are pre-tapes being affected on SNL? Are we going to have no pre-tapes? Blah, 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 blah. Well, if that was true, yeah. uh, it didn't really show in this HBO Mario Kart trailer. Uh, first off, Hibba, one, two, three, not. not. <laughs> I, I think that the, like, I will say that even if you hear us saying not instead of hot for some of these sketches, like, I didn't hate any of them. And that is a true marker of a good episode. I think, like, if you can watch it. Um, and you're like, oh, that looks like fun, but like, it's just mm. not that funny to me. Like, there are some sketches and other episodes that are like truly cringe, like, yes. like scratching a chalkboard, and like, it was just like fine, you know? Yeah. Like, by the way, guys, the bar is actually really high. Like, if it's a not, it's a five out of ten. Yeah. If it's a hot, it's like we are in a hundred percent stratosphere. We love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And by the way, guys, the tide will turn soon. Don't worry. But I agree with you, Don't which worry. is that I am so impressed by. The VFX, all the assets they use by the angles, the cutting, just the way that the team behind the scenes put this together so quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Mario Kart person. That's the problem. I'm not yeah, a Mario same. person. Yeah, if this was a show, I would not watch it. Sorry. Yeah, same. Anyway, next one. This is Waking Up. This is where Pedro has 
been in a coma and he wakes up to all of his friends surrounding him. Hibba, we're going to do it again. <laughs> One, two, three. Not. Huh? <gasps> oh. All right, you go first. <laughs> you go first. Okay. Um, I like didn't quite understand what angle they were trying to play Same. with this sketch. So basically he wakes up and he has like a valley girl mm-hmm. accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't sure if they were trying to say that he was like, dumb like if you thought he woke up dumb or that he woke up like yeah yeah gay? i don't know <laughs> it was very, like i was like because he because like his wife is right next to him and he's like i have a wife mm-hmm. like what's going on um so i didn't get it but the accent itself was really funny and i feel like also it was a very unnatural accent and you could kind of see him struggling to like keep up with it and yeah. then at the end everybody joins in and has the same accent so I thought it was funny because I feel like if I was in that sketch, I would have broken and, like, cracked mm-hmm. up at some point. Um, although the, like, point of it was a little bit unclear. But it was also so far away from his normal, like, human or actor voice. And mm-hmm. that, like, also caught me off guard and I think was humorous as well. Do you have a favorite line from the sketch? For me, it's when he says, let's put a pin in it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> his wife is like... Like, yeah, we've been married for whatever. And he was like, um, let's put a pin in that. Like, <laughs> I'm your sister. Let's put a pin in that. Yeah. No, literally, that's why I was like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I'm vote- I was a little colder on this one is because I'm with you, Hibbo. Whereas that at first, I could not figure out what accent he was trying to do. Therefore, I could not figure out how offensive it was. And I spent most of the time trying to figure out, like, yo, am I allowed to laugh at this? Now, mm-hmm. Now that we've kind of, like, figured out and deduced that this is supposed to be kind of a mockery of the Valley accent, but specifically, possibly, a lineation from the Californian sketch, like, I am not surprised if Pedro came into the week saying, hey, guys, I will do anything, I will wear anything, I will show anything, I just want to do something like the Californians, that's my favorite sketch of all time. That is so believable, because I love that sketch, too. Here's the other thing. Pedro went to high school in Orange County. I'm from Orange County. He went to Corona Del Mar. And he spent time here. So I'm not exactly sure why it was so hard for him to do this accent when he was surrounded by these people when he was like 16. It's embarrassing. And so once I finally got over that hiccup of like, "Ah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I also kind of sunk into like, let's put a pin in that. I thought that was funny. Now. I wish the joke would have been that Pedro Pascal in a coma accident, we got our charts mixed up. We accidentally gave him buccal fat removal surgery. And that's what caused the jaw to sound like that. Cause to me, it was sounding wisdom tooth. It wasn't sounding Valley girl. So that is my one edit, but otherwise I actually have to say Keenan's Valley girl voice is really good. He should do that more. Like he was the most believable one. Pretty good. Also, yeah. shout out to Heidi Gardner, luckiest woman in the world, wifing up Pedro Pascal, holding his <laughs> hand. Mm. All right, guys, tides are turning. Let's go. Fan cam assembly. Heba, here we go. One, two, three. Hots. Uh, I love this one. All right, you go. Okay, so this one was very much like whenever they have a host that's very attractive, they have to have like a moment in the show where that person acknowledges that. 
um like for michael b jordan it was like the entire monologue yes. for firefighter was the entire mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah this one was really funny i also loved like the little videos that they made of him um i think also i think correct me if i'm wrong this was a play on a clip of an interview that came out where he um was like doing a lie detector mm. test and they asked him like if he ever um like see- watches like uh, fan or sees fan accounts of himself yes. and he said that he does yes and like it cheers him up and so this was like a very hilarious acknowledgement of that um so yeah I really enjoyed it I also love that they made like a live one of him right as yes. he was talking <laughs> that was like really funny and then Sarah Paulson showed up and like I <gasps> yes. think they're like best friends for some reason and so um, that was like a cool guest celebrity appearance and it seemed like a nice moment for them to have together. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this was a perfect sketch. Let's be very clear. This was a perfecto sketch. Where do I begin? Let's go Sarah Paulson. So Sarah Paulson, I felt like she would make an appearance because if the Pedro girlies know, Pedro and Sarah Paulson were college friends. So they've known each other for a really long time and like, People love Sarah Paulson. People love Sarah Paulson. And so her coming on was beautiful. By the way, she looked exactly like someone who would teach AP English at my school. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, Very this much, is actually yeah. way too good of a fan cast. But, like, thank you so much. Yeah. I think my favorite line was probably one of the cast members saying, you're in your assembly era. <laughs> I felt like this sketch was coming because – there's kind of this like edit that's kind of going around that's like popular right now with Pedro but here's the thing there's always Pedro Pascal fan cams there's always edits I think what really shocked me but delighted me about this sketch is that there was basically acknowledgement of this community that has essentially hyped Pedro up since like Kingsman era since Narcos since Game of Thrones and I can't make fan cams I'm not that good with iMovie but for the girlies who do they were so seen these are the Tumblr girls. I love you guys. And I'm just really glad that they gave a shout out because if I'm being really honest, a lot of Pedro Pascal's fandom and hype right now is built on the foundation of his daddiness. And I really mean it. I really mean it. By the way, I'm going to say this. The reason why he looked so hot during this sketch is because his outfit looked exactly like a Narcos Javier Pena outfit. I'm talking tucked in, denim, belt, hand on hip, mustache. That's my favorite Pedro Pascal. If anyone's asking, by the way, it's Javier Pena. Then it's Joel Miller from The Last of Us. And then real Pedro Pascal. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Pre-tape. Wing Pit, this is where, I guess, Pizza Hut is, like, giving this big old chicken wing promotion for the Super Bowl. Hibba, one, two, three, not. This was just confusing to me. Like, I know that they have to do (laughs) something timely for the Super Bowl, but there's so much other things they could have played off of. Like, they could have made a sketch about how Rihanna hasn't performed in, like, 10 years (gasps) or... Yes. Um, I don't know. Any number of things. The NFL always has like 17 scandals going on. Like, I don't know why they had to choose like increasingly ridiculous packages of wings. Um, so, yeah, I just didn't love this one. I'm not a football girly, though, yeah. so maybe that's part of it. Yeah. 
Keba loves hockey. Just oh my gosh. we went, we both went to a we both went to a hockey college and like neither of us cared. No. They would throw tickets at us in the dorms. We'd be like, nope, we are going to rest. Literally true, true. <laughs> Such a good point, Hiba. Like I understand that they have to get into the Super Bowl game, but like I don't know. Why don't you do like a song about anything else? Like yeah, like a song about Travis Kelsey playing against his brother in the Super Bowl this year. How about Rihanna, ASAP, baby, cameo, like nothing? Cool. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I just don't find chicken wings funny, but I think that's because I love chicken wings. So that's more of a me problem. <laughs> My one shining light from this pre-tape is that there is a moment. Well, first off, Pedro and Chiefs wear looking so heterosexual was so odd it was so odd to see him look so broy. i actually really hated it <laughs> yeah that's not really his vibe i think it's not his vibe but i will say he really acted the face out of like every single shot he was in even when he wasn't in focus he was emoting yeah. it's giving actor so good for him my favorite moment is there's a part where he is sitting on the couch and he reaches over and feeds Molly a chicken wing. And I thought that was really cute. Would have loved to be that chicken wing. <laughs> Not Molly, the oh, <laughs> chicken yeah. wing. Now the tides turn. It's weekend update. And when I say weekend update, I really mean Millie Pounds and Shirty on the Britain monarchy. One, two, three. Hot. Hot. Oh, Hiba, you go first. <laughs> Um, okay, they were really hilarious. I think if you have ever heard, like, a British rap song, like, that doesn't really matter, like, to understand the um, sketch. Like, I think they mm-hmm. were funny regardless. Their rap about the monarchy was actually, like, a hilarious take, and they basically were supporting Harry and saying that it was the media's fault, except mm-hmm. they had three verses, and in every single verse... Um, the guy managed to rap I'm allergic to dairy and as a lactose intolerant person I felt very seen by that Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed that the second thing I really enjoyed was how like they kept making these like weird sounds like and like they were and then Michael was like why are you doing that and they were like well you see like we don't have like guns in the UK Mm -hmm. and so like we carry Mm -hmm. around little knives with us and so like when we use them that's how it sounds (laughs) and I was just like (laughs) which is such a good explanation by the way that was that was actually correct yeah and like you you hear like you know on regular rap songs you hear even British ones usually you hear like the pop 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 of the guns in the background so like it was just a hilarious hilarious take um and yeah I really enjoyed this one it was like very lively like, it didn't require you to know anything about the world that the British rappers came from. Like, they did all of the world building for you. Um, and, like, they're, they're, the funny thing was that they started with was not the funny thing that they ended up with. But, like, that's totally mm. okay. Like, you didn't have to be, like, a fan of the royal family or not a fan of the royal family. Like, it, they were just entertaining in themselves and, like, the subject matter, like, didn't matter that much. Exactly. I felt like one of the rappers reminded me a lot about this guy who went viral a few years ago. His rap was like, two plus two is four. La la la, quick maths. Guys, that was me rapping. Anyway, (laughs) cut, cut, cut. This is probably my favorite sketch performance of the night. Mm. Man, I love these rappers. The only 
joke I didn't love was the eating your mom's bum, but it was just because they yeah. wanted to, like, show how, like, stupid they were, which, yeah. like, accomplished. But, like, pants. Pants, mate. It's pants. That was beautiful. And also, like, what an odd combination, right? Like, yeah. there's not really a lot of worlds onto which you would see James Austin Johnson with Devin Walker in the mm-hmm. same sketch. But, like, you could s- say that's resemblant of the UK. Um, and it works. And it really works. I really hope H, who is this Manchester rapper, watches this and, like, says something about it. Because, like, that's who I thought of when I thought of James Austin Johnson. I hope they come back. Like, I hope they're, like, a recurring duo. <gasps> you know what I would love? And I really thought about this. I would love for them to do a pre-tape song, right? So they're in the song. Host is like the fir- is like the front rapper. Ego comes in with a little feature. Yeah, Mwah. it's giving recurring. Anyway, so that was my favorite of the night. But I'm hearing a rumor. <laughs> I'm hearing a rumor. Wee wee that Hiba's favorite sketch of the night is coming up right now, and that sketch is protective mom. One, two, three. Hot. Hot. All right. <laughs> Heba, tell us why you love this sketch. Okay, yeah, you're absolutely right. This was my favorite sketch of the night. This really made the show for me, I think, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, I feel like SNL has, like, a pretty diverse cast, like, right now, mm-hmm. and I feel like they really could um, lean more into that diversity, and I feel like this was a really prime example because the sketch was basically entirely in Spanish, but it was still mm. very understandable because the main joke was, like, When you go to like an ethnic household and they're talking about you, they like sprinkle in some words and you can sort of understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I think like as um, someone from an ethnic household, like it's it's totally true. Like it felt very relatable. And also the white people could watch it and like not understand anything and like still get what was going on. Um, So it was really beautifully well done. Um, Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen them do that uh, like before. And I also love... Marcelo and it was basically just him and Pedro in the sketch the whole time Mm. and like Chloe was there but she was like the butt of the joke um and yeah I think also it was very true and like authentic to how immigrant parents um actually like view uh their children's partners who are not the same like culture and so there was Mm. a lot of like real humor um in that where like everything was like I'm totally against this and then she turned out to be like religious and they were like Oh, perfect. Like, I don't, <laughs> she's great. Yes. Um, and yes. so, yeah, like, I literally, Pedro's line at the end is like, you didn't tell me she's a woman of God or something like that. Yeah. So um, where are the grandchildren times yeah, today? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also love that Pedro played, like, a, a mom, a woman, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like he really mm-hmm. embraced, um, like, the his feminine side. And like we were saying earlier, like, he doesn't often present as, like, a very – broy guy so like it seems yeah. it's like weird when you see him in the football sketch and he is acting that way because like um yeah his energy is I think like a little bit like more balanced and like he is very um like down to earth and I think not all guys would be so comfortable like Nick Jonas would mm-hmm. never oh Nick Jonas would literally scream bible yeah yeah like there's just like a lot of toxic masculinity there so um so yeah I really enjoyed it I think like it was like a step forward for like cultural competency for the show and it was also a solid sketch that was like funny and relatable extremely amazing points that I totally agree with 
Uh, I want to give some interest. This is where things get interesting. So the writers of the sketch are apparently the Please Don't Destroy Boys, which I'm just like, all right, oh my gosh. sure. <laughs> nah, I don't know how to explain that. That changes everything. I don't know how to explain that one. But here's the thing. They had the secret sauce on the sketch, which is Asha Ward. Asha mm. Ward, guess what? Also wrote Fan Cam Assembly. So okay. Asha Ward is the proxy for the Pedro Standem. We love Asha. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think this sketch was so important for breaking a lot of molds and being risky and it paying off because, look, this sketch is in enti- is mostly not in English and Lord Michael's quaking in his boots. But guess what? It worked. Mm-hmm. It worked. No one missed a spot. I also want to point out one very important thing. You said this, Hiba. The butt of the joke was chloe the butt of the joke was the white woman that is extremely smart because that makes the sketch like it doesn't feel icky whereas think about the cold open who was the butt of the joke yeah spy balloon right and even if the spy balloon has a voice even if the spy balloon is given the most lines and even if they're giving a personality they are still the butt of the joke yeah that's why i was just kind of over that one yeah exactly and so this sketch did a lot of really good work in the writing and making sure that we were never making fun of Pedro and drag. We were never making fun of, oh, by the way, ADD. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, my favorite. That <laughs> yeah. was, like, one of my favorite. That was my fo- one of my favorite. He loves to one jump. One of my favorite lines of the night. He just likes to jump. That was so yeah. funny. But that was so authentic to the way that, like, communities of color deal yeah. with mental illness and disability and learning yeah. disabilities. Like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Also. We love Marcelo in this house. We love We, we love Marcelo in this house. And it's so beautiful to see that Marcelo was probably primed for this moment. He wanted to have a sketch like this. And Pedro is that person. So mm-hmm. for Pedro to come into their lives and be able to be like so game for this. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Such good chemistry between the two of them as well. Such good chemistry. They're like speaking with their eyes even when they're not talking. It's gorgeous. Okay, moving into another sketch that involves Din Din. It's called Italian Waiters. One, two, three. Hot? Um, I feel not on this one. Okay, just, okay. Yeah, I... Like, okay, I thought it was funny at the beginning, but again, this is one of those things where, like, they did the same joke and they just did it three times. Like, they didn't do it mm. better each time. Um, and so the joke was, like, there's, like, a group of gal pals out to dinner, and, like, all of them get complimented, like, for, like, a traditionally feminine thing, like, beauty or whatever, and then they get to Sarah Sherman, and she's, like, the smart one, or, like, the Mm. helpful one, or, like, whatever, um, and then they reveal that, like, they gang up on, usually when there's a group of women dining out, they gang up on one of them so that the other ones will give better tips, um, yeah. So I, I kind of like it was a funny setup and then the end was like not that hilarious to me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. I think that's fair. And I say hot with a question mark, like all lowercase question mark, because I think the way they landed was pretty unfunny and like not yeah. great. And to be fair, wrapping up a sketch like this is like wrapping up a gift that's not in a box. Yeah. It's just not pretty. 
And so seeing her on the motorcycle did nothing for me. Yeah. Them being like, we do it for tips. I'm like, I could see... I could see how that's true. That's not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason. You're right. Because guess who's not paying? You're getting four people's tips instead of five. So math wise, <laughs> double check your work. Now, the reason I <sighs> caveat, I don't know if we should be laughing at like a bunch of people pretending to do Italian accents and being waiters that one i can't exactly speak to and i did have to ask myself like checking the temperature on the on the room i guess the reason i like it is because pedro looked hot marcelo was cute i just like how pedro was like oh you're the funny one like he came at it so quickly and the thing is like pedro is running in out in out in out of stage which is very theater and there's not a lot of hosts who can do that and hit it for example conan o'brien when he came on for the john mulaney five timers club thing he admitted on his podcast he missed his cue yeah and so there are people who can't hit their cue and so pedro was like i'm good i'm good i'm good and i love that i think sarah also really took the hits and so thank you sarah for your service for all the funny girls out there um the funny smart girls out there now we move on to a sketch that probably reinvented the industry, the restaurant industry, the dining industry, the steak industry, and that is Lisa from Temecula. All right. One, two, three. Hot. Oh, go um, for it, Hibba. Okay, yeah. I'm really impressed that they fit the sketch in because I think it was the last one. It was a 10 to 1. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the funniest thing about the sketch was that it was so funny. Like, Ego's acting was so funny that it broke everybody yes um and pedro broke and like he had been very composed the whole time throughout a lot of other funny sketches um so that was great i really loved when devin walker as a waiter came over to their table and was like oh like you need to calm down like you're just serving everybody in the restaurant to ego and she was like oh is it because we're black and it's like obviously that's not the reason and bowen dropping the fork also because devin is also black yeah (laughs) like yeah it was just like there was so many things like that where like it was so obvious that like she was the person like doing all the wrong things but she was like very defensive about it and like everybody was um losing it and she just like kept going like cutting her steak like trying to do all this weird stuff um but yeah it was really really good i mean cook my meat amazing delivery he wants a piece of that butt (laughs) My cute, my favorite little micro moments is um in the live version when Ego gets up to cut her meat, she kicks her chair back and Pedro kind of like reaches for it, but instead she puts her healed foot on Pedro's thigh and he holds it for her. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> this sketch was so brilliant for so many reasons. Number one, there has not been a Debbie Downer sketch in so long. There has not been a sketch that is like so good and everyone's laughing and bowen is cracking up and breaking that's how you know something's good when he drops that four yeah i think just to give some context as a socal person so temecula is a kind of like wine oh it's a real place it's a real place and it's got it's kind of got like vineyard wine country vibes it's in southern california in between la and san diego uh i will be very honest I've been there recently because there is an alpaca farm in Temecula, and I was going through, like, an alpaca llama phase during the pandemic, begged my parents to take me. We went. 
they were fine. But, like, the whole place has a bit of a Napa feel. But the problem is that, like, Napa is a NorCal. It's cold. In Temecula, it's hot. It's desert. It sounds fake. Temecula sounds like a fake place. That's probably why they called the sketch Lisa from Temecula because she's so out of this world. She seems fake. But, like, Ego is so good at this, you know? She goes on Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, a lot. And this is what she does. Just, like, characters who are so outlandish, but you are so sucked in from first line. They're like, yep, let's go, let's go. Just shouting out the writers. Ego wrote this with Alex English and Gary Richardson. And that is just a power team. A power team! And so, I love the sketch. I think this is my second favorite sketch of the night because nothing can really beat... The UK rappers. The UK rappers for me, but this is right there. So, I wanted to touch on Coldplay really quickly because this was actually probably my third favorite moment of the night. I'm not a Coldplay person. Are you, Hiba? No. Yeah, we're cold on Coldplay. I have not liked any of their music since the one time Chris Martin recorded Beyonce in his son's bedroom. After that, I'm out. However, Coldplay... And their second performance played a little bit of Fix You. Mm-hmm. And Fix You means a lot to a very specific generation of people. It is a mm-hmm. very beautiful song that was written about Gwyneth Paltrow after her father died. So there's, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There is a part in the Fix You performance where Chris Martin says he basically shouts out Pedro and Veronica. And he like dedicates the song to them. And that broke me because Pedro is Pedro Pascal. Veronica is Pedro's mom who passed away when he was college aged. That's really nice of Coldplay to do that and to know that. Yeah, it was so sweet. I mean, there's a lot there. Number one, it shows that Pedro and Chris Martin probably got a chance to chat and just like have a very honest conversation. And Pedro offered that information to him. Yeah. Another thing is that Pedro, Pedro's mom's birthday is February 15th and... You know, this aired February. There's a lot of emotions going on. And also, like, I'm going to give this one praise to Coldplay, and then I'm going to leave the docket, which is if you go to a Coldplay show, I got to admit, they're really good at making you feel like you're at a church service and, like, Mm. getting everyone on their feet and making you feel euphoric in the emotions, and you're like, why am I crying at the Rose Bowl? Like, they're very good at that. And so I just think that, like, If that's something you're curious about, I highly recommend this really, really good Pedro Pascal interview that he did on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso. It's a really beautiful interview about like Pedro's life before Narcos and just like how Mm. his childhood coming from Chile, his relationship with his parents, um, his love for cinema. But also he talks really lovingly and beautifully about his mother for a pretty chunky segment of it and just knowing all of that was like very very it broke me it broke me the way lisa from temecula broke bowen truly (laughs) all right so now it comes to that time of the episode where we rank the episode heba you go first what is your ranking of the pedro pascal coldplay snl episode yeah Okay, um, I am going to give this episode um, an 8 out of 10 fan cams, <gasps> and that's pretty high. I know that. Um, I feel like Pedro Pascal really did a pretty solid job, and 8 out of 10 is a pretty solid number. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like even for the sketches that we like felt lukewarm about, like nothing was so terrible, and the good ones were really good. 
Um, and just like you could see his enthusiasm kind of like shine through. He was his authentic self and that allowed other people in the cast and in the show to be their authentic selves. Um, and there was a lot like those cute touching moments, um, very heartfelt Coldplay performances. Uh, so overall, I, I would say that's a fair rating. That's great. So for me, I am giving this episode a 13 out of 10. Oh my goodness, you broke the scale. Pants, pants, I broke the scale. Oh, no. I broke the scale. Now, listeners, do you remember the last time I broke the scales? Was it Reggae Jean Page? It was for Reggae Jean Page. Now, here's my thing. This episode means a lot to me because this was wish fulfillment per my notes app. And I do think this episode... Manifestation. Exactly. I do think this episode was, like, right below Reggae Jean Page because that was so unexpected how good it was that it's, like, blowing me out of the water. And I do think that this episode is, like, adjacent to Rami Malek because Rami Malek was weird. He was, like, weird. And this one wasn't weird. I wish it got weirder, but he, like, stayed in this fan cam lane. I expected Pedro to do well, and he did amazing. He met my expectations, to be honest. Now... Here's why I'm going to – this is why I'm giving it those bonus points, breaking the thermometer, some may say. It's because I really think this moment is a turning point for Pedro's career. You know, when I think about Reggie Jean Page, before SNL, he was just Bridgerton guy. No one took him seriously. They were like, you, you showed ass, whatever. The second he hosted SNL and sang Driver's License, he was booked, like, action movies gray man dungeons and dragons and he is now a movie star and i think he got those roles became one of the hottest actors because he showed range he showed a lot mm -hmm. of range and yeah. he infiltrated into the states which is hard to do i just think that pedro as the people are watching the last of us there's a lot there number one pedro has led big tv shows before i.e narcos and there's something interesting about how he's kind of like the biggest he's on the biggest show right now and the question is like who's the get is it snl or is it pedro because i think pedro is the get snl booking the top actor of the top show in this very moment they usually never do it because guess what yeah. they can't but they did because pedro this was a big deal for him and so yeah. pedro is now offer only he's a leading man i just think this episode changed everything and snl was a marking of that turning point for him now hibba i have a question for you <laughs> okay. uh i read this really dumb tweet that said hosting snl must be like jury duty for celebrities i just want to ask what is your response to that <gasps> How dare they? Right? How dare that's they? That's awful. Right? Yeah. I feel like also that's not true. Like, like mm -hmm. if they don't want to host, like, there's nobody that begrudgingly hosts SNL. It's too much. It's way too much work. You have to be there for a whole week, like, with the writers, with the cast, like, doing all of the things that the writers and the cast do and having a really intense week. Like, I think the best of the best hosts are, like, super into it, like Pedro Pascal, and you can see their excitement and all of that stuff. Um, but the worst hosts are still there because they want to be there. They're just, like, not as funny. And it's just, like, yeah, I, I don't think they require. And like you said, also, like, some people are too famous for SNL. And the only mm -hmm. reason that they do it is because they want to do it, like mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian, right? Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's not fair. It's not, like, because it's, again, it's, it's like, a such a big lift that it's not, like, being on The Tonight Show or, like, 
you know, James Corden or whatever. Like, it's like, it's more than a 15 minute interview. You have to give up a whole week of your life. And that's a big, big commitment. Yeah. I mean, first off, being in the same room with James Corden is jury duty. Second, like you said, you don't think Kim Kardashian can get out of jury duty? Yeah. Please. She has so much power. Please. I think this tweet is dumb. This is like maybe possibly 15% true for celebrities who have done SNL before who like don't really care and frankly do not deserve it. I think Mm -hmm. that might be true. However, Pedro clearly loves SNL. He is a viewer. He is a fan. He clearly has put this on his vision board. He wanted this so bad. He can't believe it's happening. I thought it would happen a year or two ago, okay? And so I just think the episodes that are good of SNL, the best episodes are the ones where SNL means a lot to those people. People who want it for a really long time. I think of Oscar Isaac, honestly, when I think of these people. Yeah. And those are the episodes that make me believe in this quote-unquote institution again. Like, Pedro cared. He put everything onto this because this meant everything to him yeah and that is what makes a good episode of snl and i'm just really proud of him and i'm just really happy for him and i also love the last of us he's baby girl (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this emergency episode because it was really just an excuse for me to talk about my love for pedro pascal hiba thank you so much for letting me hold you hostage while I recorded this episode about Pedro Pascal. Oh my gosh, it was my pleasure. I feel like I learned so many fun facts about him, so it was great. To be honest, this podcast is kind of in a hiatus indefinitely, except for very, very, very big, important, important. moments and episodes. Mm-hmm. And this this was one of them. And so you mm-hmm. may see us again. We will come back on the podcast when they book Ice Spice. When they book mm-hmm. Ice Spice... By the way, Pedro Pascal Ice Spice would have been the most amazing episode of television, but they were too scared. It's fine. When they book Ice Spice, J-Lo, Bronx, Natives, or Jesus Nice, Ice Spice, we'll talk. We'll come back. We'll be in the feed. Okay? Bye. Bye. <laughs>